Hello and welcome to 2018 and the first episode of Elite Rugby Banter for the year. Uh, I am Adam, I think this is episode 8 or 9, uh, we're starting to lose count since we're such an institution and today it's a foursome, I'm joined by Matt, Matt how are you? Not too bad thanks. Good, uh, he's from George in the Western Cave, I'm joined by Ben who, who might still be our Mauritian correspondent but he might have left, Ben how are you? Uh, I'm all thank you. I live in Mauritius, so I'm always here. Oh, okay, so you're, you're so loving the, the beach and the sand. Uh, and then Alex, who's our Cape Town slash uh, draft correspondent. How are you, Alex? I'm very well, thank you, Matt, and thank you again for having me on. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. So but this is the first time we're having all four of us, and I think uh, it should just go dandy. It'll go down like a fine beer after a game of cricket or after a game of rugby. Uh, what we'll be talking about today will be our hopes and dreams and passions for the coming year. A look at the upcoming Super Rugby fixtures in February. We're going to be previewing around about three teams a week from next week leading up to February 17th when it kicks off with the South Garage fixtures and just talking about anything that catches our fancy uh, as I normally do. So I think the most pertinent question right now is, gentlemen, did you have a good holiday and a good Christmas? Um, yeah, uh, pretty good. Didn't do anything. Tried to watch some rugby, didn't really succeed, um, but yeah, can't really complain. Well, my, my was alright, I was with the in-laws, it was very nice, just here in Jersey, it was really hot. Uh, Alex, did you travel uh, at all? I did not travel, I stayed in Cape Town and I tried to drink as little water as I could, um, and that oh, was okay. my contribution to society. Your patriotic duty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, pat- it's patriotism now, yeah. Yeah, I had a couple of Cape Town. Yeah, I had a couple of Cape Town refugees come visit. They were so excited to have a shower for a change. Yeah, <laughs> with your like very very ambitious fifty six level percent dams or whatever it may be. Yeah, we cocky Luxury. over here with our with our water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I we have hail problems here in Johannesburg. I nearly got killed. You know, I'm meant to be living in this nice part of Josie, and it just hails and. Uh, I just got scared. But anyway, a lot with the formalities out the way. Gentlemen, I like that we don't even need to don't even need to ask Ben what kind of a holiday he had when he lives in Mauritius. Like it's, yeah, no, it's nobody not, really. It's not saying. Uh, no, exactly. my, my, my life is a holiday. Maybe I'll come back to South Africa one day to you know do some work. Do a nine to five, just yeah, come for yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that is your holiday. There's some websites like Live the Holiday, uh, something along those lines. But you could maybe invite us. One day we'll do like an outside broadcast in Mauritius, like on your porch no. or something like that. I don't, I'd like, it's it's like a lie. I'd like, yeah, I live in Mauritius, so great. But I just, I live in like a like a town. I live in a flat. I go to work. I come home. It's not like, you know, I sail my boat and ride a dolphin every day. Uh, I, I just think you're lying to us. You don't want us to come to Mauritius. Yeah, Sorry, guys. Please, please feel free. Feel free. I'll, I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I feel I'll, like, I'll fluff the sand or something. I feel like Ben's like every third third person on Tinder, just with that traveler next to there in their description. Yeah, you know, what's the, like I'm from the world or something. Yeah, no, it's traveler or looking for someone to go on an adventure with. Well, I, I have mean, yeah, what, of, of Bitcoin. You're going to become a Bitcoin millionaire. Who's becoming a Bitcoin millionaire? You. You. So you've got 12 and 50. It sounds like, oh, you know, it's like uh, running, running, running in the dough. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, um, where, where other people see risks, I see opportunity because I own a 0.7 of a Bitcoin or something. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> well, well, of adventure, uh, we can actually now turn, turn the conversation to rugby. The world's best 10, uh, Bowden Barrett, he, he recently announced his engagement in Fiji, of all places, to mm. his partner, Hannah Leite. So she's got literally the fastest 10, uh, 10 out of 10 in world rugby off the market. Mm. In your experience, do you think players get better when they get married and they have a partner? That's a big question. Um, ben, have, have you got the numbers for us on that? Have you, have you got those statistics yeah. at hand? Uh, I'm just, obviously, I haven't given this a huge amount of thought, but I would say backline players get worse, forwards get better. I, I was going to say, anecdotally, Jack Potrita got worse post-marriage. Really? Yeah, he was married just before, yeah, sort of between Australia and coming here, he got married. And when he, since he's been back, he's uh, been, I feel like, but I think that yeah, could I just feel like be there are other variables at play there. Yeah, I think that's more injuries and cuck and playing for the Bulls. Did he cut his hair as well? That'll slow him down. No, uh, that was a big mistake, though. Yeah, well, that, that was a big mistake. I, I, I assume Mom. that was for the wedding photos, you know. She, she demanded that. He has a decent haircut, not that blacks, that jet black sort of nineties emo mop. Take, take it from me, wedding photos are important, actually. So uh, look, I mean, Bowden, he, I mean, Fiji is just a hop, skip, and a jump from New Zealand. It's probably like their version of Mauritius or, or Zanzibar. You know, it's just like, oh, let's just go to Fiji for for a quick holiday, uh, and, and that sort of vibe. But uh, I'm sure he'll be heading preseason now. I've seen pictures of the Blues. In preseason, I'm sure the Bulls will be down at Hermanus by Herald's Bay, where they go to preseason, and uh, the Storm will be at Hermanus. Sorry, uh, Herald's Bay is near your near your locale, yeah. Matthew. And yeah. I don't know where the Joburg people go. Maybe they go to like Sun City, I mean, or something like that. But uh, or no, somewhere near the coast, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Look, yeah, no, look, I'm not. Yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I can make the joke, but I'm not really. It is working. Don't, they, don't uh, the Lions go to KZN to pick up a few extra players? Uh, or the Eastern what, Cape. I, I don't know what you're... What are you, what are you referring to? I have not, what are you insinuating? <laughs> no, nothing. No, no, the Lions, it's all homegrown, dude. One way or the other. It's all... <laughs> oh, it's, okay. it's, it's all homegrown. Half of Durban lives in Joburg anyway. So it's, okay. it's just well, kind of like a cycle anyway. It's just... It's just yeah, you know, just, just, just pay you back. Um, but looking, all right, it's Super 15, guys. You've seen all those adverts from Super Sports saying, like, it kind of reminds you of Star Wars. Kill the past. Kill it. You know, from that preview. It, we've gone from 18 to 15. I know in the advert this year, Khaleesi looking very seriously out into what looks like Ellis Park and Peter Steffi Toy emerging from an ice bath, which is super hot, I'm sure. Are you guys actually excited for Super 15? I actually am, because at least I'll understand the competition format a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll always be excited for it. Like, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever not be excited for the beginning of the season just because of like the dry spell that we have before it. Um, but I don't think I'm quite as excited as I maybe was, you know, last year. Um, but it's also early days. Like, I think the excitement starts to build for me when the preseason games begin. So. You start to get an idea of the lineups and you start to kind of like mm. pick apart the teams and you see a few of the new names that you've never seen before. Um, and guys who are like, you know, just in high school last year and suddenly starting for the Blues or some shit like that. And that's when I normally get a bit more excited. Yeah. When, when you start thinking about your, your fantasy side, I think that's when, that's when, you know, the excitement starts. <laughs> yeah. To you, you know? Yeah. I've that's pretty much me. that. 
Yeah, fantasy, fantasy rugby is the, my guilty pleasure. I mean, I'm, I'm a known Lions fan. I know Ben, you are too. Um, Matt, well, you support the Kings, but you know you'll sell out and support the Stormers if you really have to. And Alex, I mean, are you a Sharks fan? So I don't remember. No, 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 I'm, I'm a Stormers fan. I'm a Stormers supporter. Stormers supporter. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say 50-50. Your, your loyalties are divided, Matt. No, I'd no, say no. it's like 1.5 and 2. Look, I've got a province jersey and a king's jersey, so it depends on which day of the week it is, which one I'm going to wear. <laughs> yeah, if they're playing each other, you'll wear both, bro. And you'll just like whip the one off if whoever's winning or not winning. Just so sh- you, you fit it. Yeah, that was a yeah you're like, a, like an Indian cricket fan. It <laughs> was difficult watching, yeah. watching there. It was... When the Stormers played in PE for the for the first time, it was a difficult game to watch because I was like, uh, do I wear the province jersey? Do I go in the Kings jersey? What 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 am I to do with this situation? Uh, I, I'd say you're you're a bona fide Kings fan. You've been eating eating shit for being a Kings fan since the very beginning. So, which is the mark of a true fan. Like, but you could ask Ben and I. We ate cuck for being Lions fans for a decade. So, I, th- I think based on the the shit rolls downhill, Omita, you're definitely a uh, Kings fan. Speaking of the Kings, I see that they are still winless in the Pro 14. They got they got hammered by Edinburgh, 37-7. Yeah, um, look, if you've got to keep it. Once you've got a streak going, you've got to keep it up. <laughs> it's consistency. It's about consistency and carrying on with carrying on with I don't know what to it uh, tactics and strategy. <laughs> looking looking forward, <laughs> always building. To all sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the the cheaters they. And I'm quite pissed off about this. I packed the Cheetahs to win in my Superbrew. I was doing actually okay in the Pro 14. I also actually care about Superbrew, by the way, when it comes to Super Rugby. They lost to Benetton Treviso 27-21. And they're still in line for a playoff spot. But I'm thinking these African teams, they're like, you're in Bloomington, you're in PE. It's cuckot. You have to play at midnight to make sure you don't roast because I know the country is experiencing a heat wave in certain parts. And then they have to go fly off to the Northern Hemisphere where it's cuck cold. I'm sure these oaks, they're picking up flu and, and whatnot. <laughs> I'm sure they're not sure should put that. No, look, no it's true. It's a... I don't think flu is what you're going to call it, Adam, but you know, there, there is some sort of that extreme climate fuck around. I mean, half half those fields, they are pushing the snow off it, but it, it should be leveling out. It's not as cold there at the moment, is it? I mean, it's not the east coast of New York at the moment. Uh, I... I, I... I'll just say it's it's not like they're playing in uh, Johannesburg on a beautiful summer's afternoon at three o'clock. They're playing at minus two or one or something like that. So I, I just yeah, I'm being a little bit sympathetic. Yeah, you just put on your long sleeves like Brian Aban has learned to do. Yo, w- once you've run around a bit, it's fine. Like, yeah, do you not you watch? Know, you've played rugby in the cold. You know how it works. Adam's never played rugby in the cold. Adam's never played rugby no. in the warm. <laughs> no, no. No, not at all. I, I'm I'm, re- I'm literally the ultimate definition of, of, of a couch, of a couch coach. I played I played hockey uh, at, at high school, you know. Okay, so well, you, you I, played I, hockey in the cold. It's the same concept. No, no, no. I don't want to keep it. You have like eight layers on. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. <laughs> I, I didn't worry about getting pulled at all. It's great. It, you can slide into people. <laughs> so when, I've always been playing goalkeeper. That's why I watch rugby. I'm, I'm like using my mental notes when watching rugby, because, I mean, the law book itself, so it's condensed and apparently simpler, it's really, uh, I'm using uh, those calories in my brain. 
stretching the gray matter. So that's my kind of mental fitness, you know. And I think, uh, I think it's good. I think I think you might have like the purest perspective out of all of us. Then. Yeah, you haven't been scarred by knocks to the head. <laughs> or, or concussion. I've been hitting the knee. Well, I play cricket though, um, so you should never talk to me about cricket. I, I get quite quite passionate about that. But okay, being a can Lions we fan, give a, can we give a mention to the to the Proteus? That was a good game. Eh? Yes, yes, we can. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I know. Cody was he was so amped. He he reminded me of Cody uh, Erstays and charging to the try line. <laughs> just just mention that to you, Matt. Charging to the try line, all excitedly, and then he got super bleak when uh, India lost. Um, I, I, I kind of wonder when I look at those Indian guys, you could just see that rugby, rugby is the furthest thing from their minds. They just, they just don't have the balls for it. Do India? I'm sure they haven't got a rugby team, but uh, apparently, I, apparently I Sri Lanka love rugby. That I've heard. That I've actually yeah. heard. It's a growing area of the game. Uh, I know Sevens know, as well. Do you know who played there? Is Chris Clutie? Yeah, he played. Yeah. Now that you mentioned, yeah. he did like a year at Sri Lanka. Must have been a fucking yeah. monster. You just scored like yeah. He went on like a gap year and just uh, just played rugby. I'm sure I remember joking? seeing Sri Lanka turn out a, a sevens team at one stage, like when the sevens um, circuit yeah. was like a little bit in its infancy, yeah, and they yeah, yeah. they had a few random tournaments where random teams were represented. I know this because I remember Namibia played in one tournament, um, and I'm sure I remember seeing Sri Lanka as well. I'm pretty sure I've seen Sri Lanka as well. Well, I mean, vastly, we had a guy, his name was Darshan. Uh, we used to call him Big Geek because he Matt knows what I'm talking about. And he, he was a bouncer for all the clubs. But a very nice chap, but he was a power lifter. He's now actually works for Cricket Sri Lanka uh, as one of their fitness coaches, and he worked with the Sri Lankan team and the under-19 team. He could have played rugby, I guess. He was big enough. Uh, um, he had the tiniest ankles and wrists. It was ridiculous. <laughs> my girlfriend at Yo, the time, my girlfriend at the time she took one look at him and she said he looks like Spongebob Squarepants oh shame he had, he had a heart of gold though when he came walking oh, no. down the corridor we, our, our, our res it was, it was called a submarine because it was literally just two corridors and one another and just like all these little rooms when he came walking down the corridor you had to find a room to go in so you couldn't literally get past the guy but he was a very nice chap he was a very nice chap he was a good guy uh, he was a good guy yeah but uh, I think uh, I'm going to use that as a segue to talk about foreign powers. I'm busy looking at the first round of fixtures. Um, actually, I'll look at the first month. And I see the first round of fixtures, and this ties into fantasy rugby, which makes me a bit sad, but hopefully they'll sort it out. We've got the Stormers versus the Yagiatas in Cape Town uh, at 3 o'clock on the 17th of February. And then uh, the Lions versus the Sharks. It's essentially a derby, since there's so many Durbanites in Johannesburg, so they all rock up out of this park. So, and they're playing at 5 o'clock. And then the next week afterwards, everybody else gets involved. It's the Highlanders versus Blues, Rebels versus Reds. Rebels are looking forward to that team previous, since they've cannibalized the force in many ways. So they're going to have a very interesting squad. Then it's the Sunwolves versus the Brumbies. Uh, Matt's always got a soft spot for the Sunwolves. Crusaders, Chiefs, Warriors, Stormers, Lions, Yagiatas, and Bulls, Hurricanes. That's all in February. So we've got some good rugby uh, coming up. Okay. That's, not, that's, that's a pretty good set. Sorry, did you say the Stormers were playing away? No, they're playing against the Yogi Artists and the Lions are playing at home. And then all the Kiwi sides um, yeah. get involved. Uh, gentlemen, and then the second week you said something about the Waratahs. So why, why do Waratahs they do this? Do they don't understand how important fantasy is. Yeah, no, they fuck around and put two uh, games one week and all that. <laughs> no, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to roll it in. No, they actually won't roll it in because the South African teams... 
at they can't the line up there twice in that time. Yeah. Yeah, So, uh, by the way, a fantasy segment will be a must going forward. We still need to figure out which, which game we're going to play. I know in the past yeah. that we've played you Fox Sports Fantasy Rugby, which to me is a, the superior points game, but there's Fantasy Rugby Draft, which interests yeah. me as well. That's like the American Draft. I think that could be quite fun. Though I'm not quite sure about how the scoring works, but there'll be, uh, ladies and gentlemen, out there in uh, Elite Banzerland. That, that's the, I've just made that up. That's our country. In Elite Banzerland, those we who are listening... We call the Elite Banter Universe, will, like WWE does. Yeah, that actually sounds a, a lot better. The out there in the Elite Universe. Yeah, yeah. We, we're definitely going to do a talk about a fantasy segment every week. We're just going to have to keep... We're going to actually have to have that very much blocked off because I could talk about fantasy uh, for way too long. Uh, my long-suffering... Uh, she, she, my, my fiancé and our wife, she went from being my fiancé and girlfriend to my wife through my fantasy life. So she, she's seen it all. Oh, wow. My defeats, my victories. You know, it, it's incredibly personal, especially when, that, when your team... Is playing your your captain's team and the captain starts scoring points. It's the ultimate recognition of what division being divided and split loyalties. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it's a, it's so hard to support a team and then have players. Oh, it, it breaks my heart sometimes when when you kind of like I remember I think it was Adam Thompson just put away the lines at one point, yeah. and I was just yeah. like, or was it was it J Mog, my favorite player of all time? I think it was Mog. Mog mm. did it one year. He just yeah. tore through them. Yeah. Yeah, you got like 80, 90 points or something, and I was just like, oh, fuck. I, mean, I, I, I hate to break it to you, Ben, but at that stage, pretty much everyone is putting 90 points past the lines. <laughs> 90 fantasy points, Alex, not 90 rugby points. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure J-Mog and Adam Thompson were just two of many, many players who capitalized <laughs> against the lines. Those were the days when you just picked no, against no, the lines. Adam Thompson... Adam Thompson, look, any any actor, person, unless they're like a criminal, anybody named Adam, I have a soft spot for, because I feel like Adam's <laughs> just a great name. Adam, Adam Thompson, I remember when he went to the Reds, I was thinking, ooh, you know, this guy's going to be dynamite for me. I'm going to swing him into my side. He didn't do anything yeah. for me. It, his best form was at the Highlanders. So I, I have very split feelings about Thompson. I think just an example of a very good player who just struggled to get into an all-black side that are like three or four men deep. In every position, and uh, and they're continuing continuing uh, their march. We also, by the way, we're still waiting to hear about the fate of uh, Alistair Tutti Kutsia with Sarri. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of us have. I think the ANC conference got us a little bit distracted among <laughs> other things. It's just their plan all along. Yeah, this is diversion. The biggest diversion ever. Yeah. Um, the rumor is, well, from the reports of very just generally, since Marfakans is terrible, Sport24 taking reports, reporting and translating it for Sotis like me, that Saru were delaying what ho- hopefully all of us hope is the inevitable for legal reasons to make sure that they can part ways uh, in a fashion that doesn't be totally detected to court or something of that nature. I-, I suspect that at the end of the day, all parties are going to... Uh, Shea cans, Tutti will walk away with a bit of a pay packet, and then Rassi Erasmus will come in because Rassi Erasmus has been promoted anyway above Tutti in a way, which is a bit, I think we've discussed this last year. It's a bit strange because Tutti and Erasmus apparently work very well together, but maybe, maybe they didn't. I'm not quite sure. If, if let's say Tutti does go, um, there's still thoughts of Rassi does take over the Springboks. We've got to get through all Super Rugby season first 
but uh, let's say Rassi goes in charge. Uh, I'm, I'm not sad about it. He's a good technical coach. I think you might have mentioned it, Ben or Alex, before. His media skills are sorely lacking. <laughs> he doesn't like the media. Uh, so I, I don't know what the future holds with the Rassi in charge of the Springboks. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like at this stage, um, any change would be change for the better. And mm-hmm. um, look, I mean, I've, I've cooled off a little bit since last year. So I don't know. Maybe I maybe the NC's plan is working, and I've I've just kind of forgotten about it. Um, but I'm not really too fussed. I'm not too fussed about the Springbok coaching situation at the moment. Um, but if I had to, if I had the choice, I would probably take Rassi over Kutsia at this point, um, and then just see how it plays out. Yeah. I reckon with the with the World Cup so close, if they don't get rid of Kutsia now, we have to keep him till the World Cup yeah. because we can't. Yes. Like yes. I don't think we can actually deal with. Say say they drop Kutsia after even the mid-year tour now. Yeah, or the they've got like the incoming 12 tour. months to get a new coach. New yeah, like 12 yeah. months to kind of get to the new systems into place. So, yeah, they, they, yeah, have, to, they have to be decisive, I, I mean, think. With 18 months, I reckon we're cutting it fine, but... Yeah, it's... Or we just do it at the last minute, like three months before the World Cup, just see just, what happens. YOLO. Sort of do, do, it on the, do it on the plane, just... <laughs> Sort of announce the squad and all that. And then just some random coach for like a provincial side wakes up and there's a plane ticket next to his bed in the morning and his passport. Come, come, come. Get on the plane. Bring your binder with no, you. You're, you're forgetting yeah. about the joke in the pack. We just bring Victor Matfield out of retirement again and he can kind of be the how player well, coach. How, like, how like well he's just I'm, like, I'm, up, I'm up for that. I just want to, how well did his coaching contract go at the Lions there, by the way? Yeah, he's no longer involved um, in in the Lions when I, when I saw. I don't know if he'll be consulting, but he's not on the staff uh, again. Anything, so I'm not anything, quite the... anything to keep him uh, anything to keep him off SuperSport, as far as I'm concerned. So that means yeah. that the the national team has to take a hit <laughs> to keep my half times. Uh, but you know, but like, same, really good yeah, at Afrikaans, as I said. Like I've heard Nas. People have told me that Nas, when he talks about rugby, and and his English isn't really that bad. He's just got his mannerism. He talks about rugby and Afrikaans. I've been told it's like Shakespeare, uh, except in modern times. Like he's re- he's really eloquent when he talks about rugby and Afrikaans. Play to your strengths, mate. Then he must do Afrikaans commentary. Like no, no man, got, no. They've, got, and, they've got old Tox and Kubis Visa doing the Afrikaans commentary, and that's perfectly fine. Why why can't there be a, be an Afrikaans? Uh, Panel show because at the moment I get nothing from the yes. English panel show. Like I just like go get a beer or whatever. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. No, no, I, like like, like half time show. No, 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 no. There isn't. No, there isn't a Afrikaans no. set of talking heads. I, I, you yeah. know, I think you make a good point. I'd be more willing to watch uh, the Afrikaans show even if it had sub- subtitles for dummies like me because I honestly feel they would know more about rugby and the way they would talk about it. You just need like an algorithm. <laughs> or something like that to be able to translate instantly because let's face the facts uh, you know it's our, our Afrikaans brethren they know and, and have known and love the game for much longer that, that, that's a load of crap but they really can be eloquent about the game uh, or maybe super, it's just super sport and super sport and chat but it could be that too um, yeah, but on, on Honestly, nothing gets your blood going more than watching uh, the Springboks uh, like just mangle a team in the scrum on Afrikaans commentary. I'm telling you, it's, oh, <laughs> it's poetry. Well, they, all, all just, all they, they, they love balls, the Afrikaans. Uh, 
I wish yeah. I understood Koza better because their commentary just sounds yeah. just 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 from the peripheral sort of just hearing the audio. I'm like, ah, oh, that sounds like a lot better than anything we've got, <laughs> just because there's just pure emotion yeah. in there. Both both those languages, and you probably could say even Zulu or, or whatever it may be in Nguni language in Afrikaans, they're way more expressive than English. English is mm. like, oh, well, sorry, I'm going to sound like Matthew Pierce. Oh, it's a wonderful pass. Great. For, I mean, that's, he's just <laughs> doing a normal pass. And Matthew Pierce is like, oh, it's a wonderful pass. Matthew Pierce to me is pure yeah. commentary bread. He, he does know the sports. He's a former editor of Sports Illustrated before the magazine went under. I think Robert Howing who's Sports 24's writer, and who, whose writing is a little bit too flowery for my taste, but he still knows his stuff. They know the sport, but as a commentator, oh, you know, no, I feel like we really get we get a short deal compared to the Aussies uh, and the Kiwis especially. I don't know about the English. Sky Sports I could find really annoying, but Irish guys are great. But oh, I, I'm sorry, I can also... Do you know no, they're great. Off is the Welsh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I hate the Welsh. I haven't heard the Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, like, like past don't, don't even get me started on the commentators. But, uh, <laughs> the national anthem's worth it. The national anthem's worth it, though. It's like, uh, 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 like I, I get super drunk every time if I was listening to that Welsh national anthem, like hitting a shot of God knows what, like their version of uh, hard liquor no, or something of like that. See, I grew up Anglican, going to the Anglican church, and that's the one thing I dig about the Welsh is. If, a bit of a hymn time, you know, whenever they start cheering, and you know, they bring out the book of praise and they sing Bread of Heaven or whatever. Yeah, turn to page 12. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, I mean, you, you mentioned the Welsh. I'm just going to do, do a quick diversion. I, I noticed that, and I could see that the story was totally written by a PR person. Um, it says, Talented South African Jew. I think the story's from a couple of days ago, so I'm just playing a little bit of catch up. Talented South African Jew. Scrum off feet and tail and back row on it, boys. And signed for London Irish from Super Rugby side of the Bills. Um, I'm not quite sure how long they signed for, but when I see the name Arno Boeta, um, the term wasted potential or very unlucky potential, cursed potential comes to mind. I remember when he made his debut for the Springboks. It was absolutely fantastic. But ever since then, he got knee injuries. Whatever you name it, he managed to get injured, and the guy was never able to uh, beat his potential. So in a way, I'm quite happy for him that he's going to pick up some coin playing for London Irish. Pete Van Sale is a little bit of an odd one, but I guess rotating with Rudy Page is looking for a better opportunity. But at the moment, London, London Irish are being pumped in the uh, Aviva Private Premiership. I know they're bottom of the logs. So maybe they're looking to play some Division One or Championship Rugby, whatever they call it. Um, so there's just a couple more South Africans, hey, from that middle tier that are heading over to... Ireland. Is, is, are we ever going to no. see, see the stop? London Irish are in London, Adam. No, I know they are. I know they are. They're just called London Irish. But uh, I, I was going for the whole Celtic angle. It's a okay. metaphor, Matt. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Can I just ask something? Cause, um, am I wrong or, or did I read that Rudy Page is, is going to the Lions? What? I saw a rumor. I thought Rudy Page is going to the Lions, and uh, so for me, it's even more strange that Pete Fanzel is leaving. Maybe Pete um, uh, In October, in October, uh, like I, I think I found what you were referring to. It was reports that uh, it was reported that said that he was going to leave the Lions. Excuse me, the Bulls. But then the Lions denied interest in Rudy Page, uh, which I tend to agree with you. It's a little bit odd. So it would you know, be weird. I mean, he'd, yeah, he'd be behind. He'd be yeah. behind um, what two Springbok scrum halves in Fafter Clerk, and I don't know if Faf's coming back, but Fafter. Oh, yeah, so, 
No, Faf's gone. Uh, he's, 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 he's having life as well. Okay. He's having life as well. Um, along with along with uh, Johan and Ruan, they're having a good time over in Gloucester. They they definitely not coming back. I know Ruan has a fin Redsburg. He's actually supposedly after a slow start to be very effective at sale. And actually, they're busy loving him there in the English Premiership. Mm. I know the one part of Matt and I listen to, they rave about him when he come back, comes back to form. But I actually listened to a very interesting interview with Faf. He was, did an interview with one of the guys from that podcast, uh, The Rugby Dungeon. And they were just chatting to him and they asked him about him leaving South Africa and, and the Springboks. And you could just hear talking about it that like he enjoyed playing for the Springboks, but there's a little bit of regret. And it seemed like Saru or the powers that be didn't really give him a reason to stay. And he's still quite a young guy and he's an electric player. And he just kind of decided that, well, the way things are going, maybe it was a time to, to jump over, which makes me feel a bit sad. A guy like Faf, he, he's a sort of character that brings youngsters to the game and makes uh, non-rugby types like me who've never played the game watch the game, because especially when he gets hit in a tackle and you see his hair flying everywhere, just like Skull Burger. But uh, it, I, sometimes I do, I do worry that a lot of the players, uh, and supposedly Tutti was meant to be the great man manager, but they're not communicated to you properly and they decide, oh, I'm going to go overseas, uh, when maybe a piece of him would still want to stay. Sorry, I'm just going to quickly pivot. Yeah, JJ Elbrecht, since you've got a couple of Stormers fans, he's, he's playing for the Stormers uh, this year. He's come back to South mm. Africa. How do you guys feel about that? Um, yeah, mixed, mixed feelings because um, I think he was actually a really great uh, winger when he started out at Western Province and in the junior levels and even for the Stormers. Um, and I think his move to 13 was maybe a bit ill-advised. Um, actually, I had this conversation with someone on Twitter and... I was basically saying that for me, he was like the original Jesse Creel, um, a really talented, like a really just naturally gifted athlete who was maybe a bit lacking in the technical aspect of things and then got pushed into a technical or more technical position and then just kind of failed. So I don't know exactly what capacity they're bringing him back in, but I really hope he's not going to be the replacement for Hugh Jones at 13 because that's not going to work at all. No. Where's he been playing now? I actually haven't even been keeping track of him. Uh, Japan. It's T.I.T. I'm, I'm not sure which team. Okay. Okay. Well, whatever. I, I think it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's just it's the T.I.T. side. Um, but also, I know the Stormers went on a little bit of a recruitment drive, so I'm trying to find a pin here. I want to try and make a note of something. Uh, well, but, yeah, I mean, they, they signed up Sergio Peterson. They signed up uh, Raymond Rule. Yeah, they signed up... Um, who else were they linked with? There was another winger that they were linked with, wasn't there? Yeah, um, um, there's, there's a couple of, who was it? Well, no. Stephen Ketzloff, he's, he's back permanently, which is especially after, um, who, who retired, uh, recently, please forgive me, uh, the, the prop, he's the for the Lions that went down to the Stormers. Redling Oh, um, uh, Redling Yeah. Yeah, Redling Yeah, Redling I'm getting a little, maybe I'm getting a little bit confused, pardon me. With uh, another traitor, Jesse Yotsef and Reisberg. They're not traitors. I'm just still hurt by a lot of those players not coming back. So, uh, just a quick also, Nizam Car, he's supposedly tearing up trees, playing for Wasps, uh, where uh, Juan de Jong is and Felita Rue. Uh, I guess he's just kind of proving the thought that he's a great player at Super Rugby slash Premiership level, which you can, you know, kind of the same level. Oh, I would say Premiership. Uh, coming <laughs> No, but yeah, that's he's shining there because, as as you said earlier, Premiership's just a bit slower, and he is a bit slower when it comes to Super Rugby. So everyone around him's playing at his speed now, so now he can shine. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe. I mean, he's he's he's. I don't know. Like he certainly seems to inject quite a lot of energy. I was watching the game yesterday, um, and I mean, I think there's a lot of truth to what Ben and Matt are both saying is that in that Premiership rugby is kind of a step down. Because frankly, I was watching, and all the or a lot of the, the spark in the in the game for both teams came from the South African players. Like I, I saw Skulk scored a try, um, and Vili Larue and Nizam Kar for the Wasps were just constantly energizing the attack. And yeah, okay, they're both quite um, you know electric players in their own right, but. Neither of them saw a huge amount of success before leaving South Africa, or just before leaving South Africa, at least. So, I don't know, maybe there's just the players around them that make them look better, or maybe it's the conditions, or maybe it's the style of rugby, I don't know. But whatever it is, it makes those somewhat average players look very good. Yeah. Ben? You've been quiet, sitting, thinking. Yeah, I'm not a... I'm not a I'm not a huge Nizam Car fan to be honest. I, I class him like I'm about to say something quite controversial after this, which I think is going to get a bit of. But I, I think he's, I think he's a bit of like a like a luxury player. Like he sort of he does impressive things, but he doesn't seem to do anything kind of in between. Like his like like he he makes the big play, but then. He doesn't ever seem to follow it up. Like his work rate and stuff isn't like doesn't really get me too excited. And my controversial thing is, I think the same about Sia Khaleesi. Oh, oh, you're not. Get out of here, get out of here, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, you're just hanging off the line. Just hang up on Ben now, quickly. Just yeah, Jesus, out of the game. How dare you? I told you guys. I told you guys not to let him on here. No, 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 I d- ah. don't get no, me wrong. We welcome, I, I no, like no, 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 I'm joking, we're joking. We, we welcome your opinion. But it's all right. It's all right. player. Like, he, he doesn't really do the hard yards. Like, he makes these, these big hits and these good little runs and these good strong runs down the wing and up the middle. But, like, when you actually need someone sort of fighting for the ball, he's a bit absent sometimes. I'm just, just saying. I like that well, defensive well, twist in your voice at the end. Almost like a half shrug, a verbal shrug. Yeah, verbal. No, no, because I, I understand it's not shared by every. And I, I also understand that you you sometimes need players to make the big plays, but. Mm. Uh, I, I actually I kind of get where you're coming from because, I mean, it's like you're right. Okay, so he's not necessarily going to lead the tackle stat, or he's he's not necessarily going to hit the most rucks. Um, and he won't always, you know, be defending on the pillars like when you need him to, and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's. I don't think it's a question of being a luxury player. I think it's just a different kind of of player, and I, I think it's something that fits well within the scheme of South African rugby, or at least it should. Simply because, like, generally we have a tendency to overcompensate in the other direction. So a lot of the time we pick the safe players. So we'll often go for. The big, the big um, number seven, like um, Donny Rousseau, for example, um, or recently Peter Steftitoy. So we draw the When I was thinking about Sia Khaleesi, I was thinking of Donny Rousseau as kind of the the antithesis of Sia Khaleesi. So well pointed out, Alex. Yeah. yeah okay. I, well, look, I mean, my, I have, my, sorry, so so my my my, um, my opinion on Sia Khaleesi has always been that he's his best position is number six, and mm-hmm. his second best position is number eight. And at a stretch, he can play number seven. Um, but it just depends on the place he's surrounded by. And 
actually, like, I think as long as we have a player like Donnie Rousseau, for example, or Peter Steftatoy, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, even like someone like a Warwick Tecklenburg, like someone who's like pretty anonymous, but literally would make 20 tackles in a game without anyone even mm-hmm. noticing. And you got someone like that at seven, and then you got a more sort of dual threat number eight, like Dwayne Vermeulen, who can do the flashy stuff, but can also do the hard yards. Then he's actually almost your ideal number six because yes, he's, he's got a bit of flash to him. And yes, you'll find him in outside channels and, um, doing amazing stuff like, you know, stepping Alton Yankees at one time that I'm sure you guys don't remember. Um, but he can also, you know, close out a game for you and he can also hit a couple of rucks if he has to. So I think he's the perfect number six, really. Well, I, I don't know. I just listening to all that. My feeling is Khaleesi, every now and then he might drift in and out of games. Uh, when he's on fire, he's on fire. And when he's not there, I think in, in a couple of the end of year tests, he kind of went a little bit missing. But he makes the players around him better, especially if, as, as you guys have yeah. hopped on. But if, if the loose trio is balanced, and an unbalanced loose trio, unfortunately, and I do tend to agree agree with you, Ben, even though it's slack sacrilege, how dare you? He's in the Super Sport advert. You can't, you can't shoot anybody in the Super Sport advert. Um, <laughs> it's a lambie like uh, but, in those. Well, not, not anymore. Yeah, not God anymore, them, I'm very... the previous four seasons, Lambie was in them. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy for him that he's doing well in France and not getting concussed. Shame. Like, uh, had some bad luck, and I, I think he did care about Springbok rugby. But I, I'm, I'm being distracted. Khaleesi, in a balanced gesture, he's great, but an unbalanced gesture, he's not like a PSD to toy. Donny Rousseau, who was one of my favorite Springbok players, and I think we didn't give the guy uh, enough credit. I mean, he, he can move from... He played eighth in the World Cup. He played uh, lock mostly, but he could fit in anywhere from from uh, the lock to flank. You know, sort of players, the five and a half, six and a half. So I, I tend to agree with you, um, but I, I still love Sia. I do think he makes players better around him. I, I, I completely, I, I also think he should he should captain the side. If, if Warren Whiteley isn't, even if Warren Whiteley is back, I think he's, like like I was I was saying I was talking to oh. someone on Facebook the other day and watching Sia Khaleesi play, I kind of feel he is the captain. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I really think he should captain. I think it would be good good for good for the game as well. Yeah, well, well I mean, you touched on Warren Whiteley. He hasn't played rugby in a long time. And, like, I'm a huge... I'm worried. Do you know why I'm worried? Because he's not mm. in any of the lines, like... In, you know when they revealed the jersey? Whiteley wasn't there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then they had a, the Super Sport advert. Whiteley isn't there. And then the lines had some sort of personal little lines advert. And Whiteley wasn't mm. there again. I'm worried he's going to run away. Uh, I, I'm a little bit concerned. Um, I haven't heard anything it's about terrible, that. But... No, but you make that... a very good point. The guys that feature in in the uh, promo adverts, they're generally top of mind when it comes to the corporate side of the unions, and it's a very good indicator of where the players are, especially maybe from a Sahara point of view. Maybe he's still doing rehab work or something like that, but... From what I can yeah, but see, if, even if you're in rehab, you can stand and have a photo taken of you in a jersey. Yeah, no. who was? I haven't seen the ads yet for the Super Sport ones. Who is the Lions player? Janchis. Uh, Creel. Creel. Yeah, Creel. Creel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I, like, I, I mean, there's rumors that after Super Rugby, him go walkies as well. Overseas, I suppose there's some crazy money being thrown in by some of the clubs overseas. I think it might have been Toulon, uh, and one of those. So. From from a Lions perspective, I think this this might be uh, you know the, the final season before the team really breaks up. We've lost a few guys, but they've been replaced. But I'm also a little bit yeah. concerned. 
to be honest, I think the, I the legacy of Ackerman probably won't stretch much further. Yeah, I think be- no, because I do. Uh, can I ask what's the what's the kind of leadership um, like succession like at, at Lions? So obviously, Whitey's the the normal captain if he's fit and playing. Then I Creel? think uh, Creel Creel took over from him, and then I, I assume Franco mustard. Yeah, I've um, seen mustard do yeah. it once or twice. Yeah, but like, what do you guys think of of the idea of um, of Malcolm Marx maybe being one for captaincy in the future? I I think it's like it was like making Jacques Callas captain of the cricket team. He's got enough shit to worry <laughs> about. He has to be the best yeah. player on the field. It's like, it's like when Bismarck has to be captain. Okay. Bismarck can't play like Bismarck wants to play when Bismarck has to worry about being captain. No, uh, it's and there's a lot to say mm-hmm. for the comparison between Bismarck and Marx. So, yeah, I think keep it off Marx. Yeah, I, I prefer prefer those off Marx. Marx kind of leads from the front. And in a way, it's never a good idea to make your best player the captain. Uh, John Smith, he was one of the world's best hookers, but he wasn't the best player in the South African side. While Michael Marx is on the verge of being the best player in the side, as you've said, Matt, let him focus on his game and to go forward. And I know, Ben, you, you were talking about controversy. Uh, a, a gentleman in New Zealand, he made a claim. I'm just trying to see if I could find uh, that story. It was about cocaine use in rugby in New oh, Zealand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Simone, and forgive me if I get his name wrong, Ilitoa Fumin, damn, F-U-R-I-M-A-O-N-O, Sapalos. He was tweeting saying that some All Blacks do cocaine because a beer is an equivalent to a Big Mac, so why do you, why should they do three days of gym work when they could just use cocaine? I mean, Carmichael Hunt, that was the big story that broke over the holiday season, again being caught with cocaine. James O'Connor's been caught before, Aliam Williams, uh, Kevin Proctor, uh, former Highlander turned Scotland international, John Hardy, and this game is from an article from Stuff That's Here Today. Look, I don't, I don't know heads or tails what the story is, but uh, he probably maybe has an axe to grind or something of that nature, but he would, I don't think he's talking from a place of uh, ignorance or, or knowledge. Yeah, can I especially just say, because... my, um, my, my uncle was a professional rugby player. He played prop, so maybe it's a bit different. But he said every day he had to eat so much just to maintain like sort of his fighting weight because the amount yeah. of exercise they do is unreal. So I don't, yeah. I don't think it's there can really be a weight loss argument to it because I'm sure you know what those guys probably sweat out the equivalent of like 30 beers every session like they're eating like 15, like 12,000 calories a day or something just to kind of maintain their body weights yeah, and Carmichael Hunt also he could do with a few Big Macs to be honest oh but he and it's the second time and the first time he got caught he got slapped in the wrist I think he just got fined and I just kind of went on their version of probation. But Australia, I know they use the term stood down um, in Australia when it comes to players being suspended or, or fine or whatever it may be. But it's incredibly disappointing because I get, well, I mean, that's, that's what addicted addictions do. He's been caught again, and he made his wannabe's yeah. debut on tour. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got no him. problem believing the, the allegations about widespread cocaine use. I think that's almost definitely true, you know, like just from the ones we know about. Um, I don't. I don't think I buy the like the whole rationale of like it's it's more it's better for their fitness to do cocaine instead of drinking. Um, that just sounds like bullshit because I mean we're pretty sure that they drink as well, right? Like yeah, it's all one or the other. Uh, this is like some kind of like reason that they've come up for. Like it's not like they're gonna. 
like get together and have a meeting and be like, guys, we need to find a way to, to get high without fat. <laughs> um, we don't have any ideas. And someone's like, cocaine. Um, yeah, because also they could like just drink like vodka or whatever. I'm pretty well. sure they're, they're just yeah. doing it to get high. Like, what's, they're just getting high. Like, there's no excuse. There's no rationalization that's specific to them being professional sportsmen. They just like getting high. They're basically man children because they've never had to live, you know, responsible adult lives. Uh, it's the same True. as being a rock star or whatever. The sportsmen happens yeah, all over the world, and it's just to be expected. And it doesn't mean it's okay. Like it still needs to be stamped out. Um, but yeah, I'm not buying any. You any don't need to crucify species. them for it at least. Maybe that's what I think. Uh, yeah. I guess. I mean, just like I, I would say, I would say, just tailor your expectations. Like yeah. I'm no longer surprised when I hear about sportsmen doing hard drugs. Uh, I'm also very seldom surprised when I hear about very successful sportsmen getting caught, you know, doping or whatever like that. Um, you need to tell your expectations about sportsmen. Like they haven't been chosen for their moral fiber necessarily. I think we make the mistake though. Well, you've alluded to it. We, uh, people put, like, same as me as a kid. I was an absolute cricketer at Jaunty Road. had a post of him in my room. Think I played cricket for South Africa. Didn't get anywhere close. But I mean, he was my hero, for example. And um, I've heard that. heard the saying that you should never meet your heroes. And we kind of make make the mistake of putting sports people on pedestals. So when they get caught doing this sort of stuff, yeah, sure. Um, and I know the guy who wrote the article, Mark Reason, he was also pointing a finger at World Rugby, saying they're probably turning a blind eye to it. Maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe some of the top players are doing stuff, and I think the key is to mention allegedly, none of this is to be proven, we're just uh, kind of reporting an article that we've seen, I, I just think we place too much emphasis on the players thinking they're rock stars and you kind of see that happening at schoolboy level in South Africa uh, these schoolboy rugby players, they get poached from schools they get immediately brought into uh, environments such as the Bulls for example, I know a few years ago had a reputation of buying up all the talents and then it language hence the Lions picked up the likes of Jansen van Reesburg, a couple other players and once they leave the rugby system and I've heard it's very similar to what happens in the English Premier League, for example, when these young kids, they are streamlined into the academy system. Once they get into real life, they don't know how to cope. Then they suffer from depression. Uh, a da- a da- uh, not Daniel Vickerman. Uh, it wasn't Daniel Vickerman. The Australian player that, that the horrible Rob, tragedy Rob committed to her side. Rod Vickerman? I, well, I, I think yeah, Vickerman. Vickerman. Pardon me. Yeah. I think Dan. Yeah, Dan Vickerman. Uh, he, when he retired from rugby, he had a very difficult time trying trying to deal with it. And I said, coming from a guy who's ever played rugby, uh, reading about it, it's uh, the camaraderie is hard to find elsewhere. You guys would know about it. So I think look, it's it's a very interesting discussion um, in terms of uh, play, mental player welfare. I know they're trying to look after the concussion side, but outside the game, uh, there's a very different uh, very different argument or, or discussion. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing because it's, it's a very short career. Cause anything yeah. else, you know, you, you have say 40 odd years to build your career, build your profession, whatever. But in rugby, you have 12 Five, years. 10, yeah. Yeah. If you don't, like, that's also why, like, it does piss me off a bit. But when players go overseas, I'm kind of like, fair enough. Because I think they're mm-hmm. kind of forced into quite impulsive decisions. Cause you know, like Faf, uh, Faf de Klerk now. He gets snubbed once, basically, by the Springboks. Straight away, he heads off overseas. And I can sort of understand his logic because, fine, maybe he thinks, oh, maybe they'll, they'll get me next year, get me next year, get me next year. Next thing, he's 30. Mm-hmm. No one overseas wants him. He can't make his money anymore. So, And, yeah, it, it, like, it relates to, to sort of a, li- a lifestyle as well. When, you know, if you're sort of, you've kind of expended your usefulness by the time you're 32, like, obviously, you're going to, 
have bigger issues than just not playing rugby. Uh, players get tossed um, on the scrap heap. But anyway, I think we're, we're actually running into running uh, close to. We're uh, we've, we we've, start we've, wrapping it up. Yeah, we've. Uh, well, well, this is a, we've broken yet another record. This is a record-breaking podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We've now crossed the 50-minute barrier. Um, so I want to ask, uh, so we're going to try max out in an hour. Uh, I, I want to ask, which three teams do you gentlemen want to preview for next week? We're going to try to do three a week. We might have pushed up to four. We've only got four weeks uh, to do it. We'll start with three, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, which three teams do you want to start with um, for Super 15? Next week, I think actually doing my math, we're totally going to have to do like four or five uh, in a week. But we'll start with three to, to do it. Do you want to start at a particular conference? Uh, South Africa, Australia, uh, New Zealand. Maybe we should. Maybe we should do one from each. One from conference. each, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Then um, I okay. I will step out. Matt, pick a South Africa team that we can we can do next week. Let's do. As I think, do one that none of us are particularly interested to start off with. So, bulls or sharks? Wait, well, you got to pick one. You got to get off the fence, bro. <laughs> okay, let's start with the bulls. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm quite looking forward to that. I know I was moaning about the bulls being a big letdown last year. No, look, so, they've got hope in um, their, they've got hope in their side at this point. No, I mean Killer Mitchell. All right, bulls, and then uh, Alex, can you choose us from the New Zealand conference? And we we understand that the ja- the Japanese side, the Sun Wolves, are in there. To the Yaga, no, they're Australian. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, can can you pick an Australian side, Alex, for us to chat about next week? Uh, Australian side. Mm. Um. Okay. Let's do. Let's get the Brumbies out the way. So I never have to talk okay. about the Brumbies. Digging it. There you go. The Brumbies and Ben. Uh, you you have the funnest pick of all. New Zealand sides are always very interesting, given the player movements. Oh. There. Who's coming from New Zealand Conference? Uh, let's just let's go alphabetical. Let's just go Blues. Oh, nice. The three Bs, Bruin. B team. Yeah. It's not 18. B-squad. Please. Please. All right. We, we didn't even plan that. Good job, guys. Oh, well done. No, I know. We're all professionals here. So, <laughs> Bulls, Brumbies, Blues. And next week, I will um, I will do a very quick mini preview. I'll, I'll do the little mini 5 to 10. I'll, I'll start with a 5 and a fantasy segment about a couple of the available games out there. Since, uh, you know, I, th- I think we, should, we can become, the, the, beyond being the best Rugby podcast in the Southern Hemisphere. The best podcast talks about fantasy rugby in the in the Southern Hemisphere. I think it's a woefully under-discussed under topic. We're doing a lot of people a favor. I agree. Not a bad idea. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, gentlemen, I want to thank you for your time. I, was, I know we, we I think we had as much direction there as, as we did a ship with a, a broken rudder. Um, showing me, showing you my, my nautical skills. But thank you. <laughs> thank you all for your time. Uh, that was lovely. For yeah. first one for the year. Yeah, good one. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Yeah. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, we can high five. All right, gentlemen. We'll see, we'll see, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you uh, next week. And we're going to start with the Super Happy Super Happy previews and whatever else comes to mind. Have a good one. See you next week. Cheers. Cheers.